Welcome back to Miserable Rafe. Let's bring you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things to South. I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. And be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And be sure to click subscribe on your way out. Uh, in the description of this pod, there's a link that says click here to leave us voicemail. Any questions, any comments, or anything you just want to say, that's the place to hit us. Check out the website miserable-reckless.com for block content merch. All right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Morgan, kick it off. All right. Well, I got a, I have a good, great, and awesome, for me, more good, bad, and awesome. So good. Today is my birthday. I turned 41 today, man. Um, different than turning 40 because 40 was, you know, big milestone. 41 is just getting, you know, I'm on the bad side of 40 now. Um, and the bad part, my bad is that I'm 41 and as now each day goes on, I feel like more and more, um, caution lights are turning on in my body. It's, uh, it's in creeks and, you know, um, all the good stuff, you know, you know what to say, just, uh, enjoy it and, uh, keep on keeping on. Right. <laughs> it's, my uh, awesome, this past weekend, we, uh, while we were at Walmart, Crystal decided that uh, a bouncy house would um, fit just right in the, uh, the nook upstairs. It pretty, much in, it pretty much took up the, takes up the entire upstairs um, nook. And um, I'll send you guys a picture of it here in a second, but it's pretty much what it is, a bouncy house that looks like a miniature um wrestling ring um brody is getting closer and closer to pretty much ddting his sister um <laughs> awesome. runs and bounces from one side of the ring and flings himself forward and towards the other side and with no regard for anybody in his path i'm i'm waiting for him to just stick his arms out and clothesline somebody <laughs> it's it's awesome though. They they tire themselves out and if I let them jump around in it long enough, they they go right to bed. Oh. <laughs> it was a good purchase. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So it's that's my good, bad, and awesome of the week. <laughs> that's pretty funny. All right, good, the bad and the ugly. Dustin. All right. Straight good, bad, and the ugly this week. Won't take long. Good. Want to pat ourselves on the back for being on the cutting edge of sports media. Um, one of CBS's reporters this week, uh, there were articles written about him saying that basically all this conference consolidation is going to be slowing down a bit because the networks don't have as much money to spend. And uh, how his quote was, this makes it time to ask whether rights holders are simply tapped out. A combination of reckless realignment and budget realities have forced networks to look at the bottom line. Oh, think so? Maybe the money train doesn't go on forever? And, you know, just saying. We've, we've, we've been kind of saying for a little while. We don't know what the landscape's going to look like in 2036 when all the ACC schools are free to do whatever they want to do. Maybe it won't be so rosy. Who did they and, think was funding all this? The Saudis? Yeah, well, if the Saudis get involved, we're all screwed. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but but for now we're safe and uh, i want to give us credit for that or pointing that out uh bad um this week or earlier this week my dog got away from me and was gone for a little while um our na- set scene a little bit our neighborhood our area has a ton of foxes there are foxes everywhere throughout our area um they're in our neighborhood quite a bit so and they're most active at night a lot of times you, her last walk of the day take her out at nighttime i'm walking around the circle she like sees one and yanks as hard as she's ever yanked got away from me took off chasing the fox and she's fast as hell she was on that fox quick and he was like shit and was like taking off this this is the one day and it's like dark out there this is the one day i I, i'm in my flip-flops like i never do that i'm always in like shoes walking nope and flip-flops this day chasing after her telling her trying to tell her to stop she gets they're so fast fox is so fast she's so fast they get away from completely and I'm like running around the neighborhood. She saw you put on flip-flops and was like, today's the day. Today's the day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's dark outside. I have no idea which way they went. I'm running around trying to find them. I had to come back. My wife was trying to put her kid down. I woke. Like, I basically interrupted that and was like, look, Phoebe's got away. We got to find her. So we're like, we've like run around outside. So the foxes, they like love to dive into the sewer systems. And so there's a bunch of sewer drains all around the neighborhood. So it had done that. And Thebes, our dog, had like, I guess, tried to get it, but she's too big to fit down in it. And her her leash got caught, fortunately. And so she was just standing there quietly in the dark. Leash caught <laughs> on the storm drain just waiting for someone to find her and uh actually pretty close to the house uh it turns out because i was like looking i basically went the wrong direction (laughs) she was closer than i thought and since she doesn't really make a ton of noise when i was yelling her name she made no noise she just stood there in the dark and waited for someone to find her so being dark outside she was like at this moment i realized i fucked up (laughs) (laughs) If it was a Tarantino movie, it would start there. And then it would yeah, be like probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> and then my ugly is I, I just I want to take a minute and talk about HOAs. So it's not that it's not the HOA's fault that there's foxes in the neighborhood. Foxes are naturally around here. Yep. However, it is the HOA's fault that they're maybe a little more interested in the neighborhood than they should be. We have trash pickup Mondays and Thursdays. A lot of the the rules say you got to put your trash in trash can. That way all the rascals out there don't come rummaging around your, your trash and make a mess. Right. Good portion of our neighborhood doesn't believe in trash cans. They just put the trash out. Whatever animals get into it, get into it. Wonder why there might be foxes roaming around at nighttime. Could it be there's tasty treats in the bags that around the neighborhood? Might be. What's the HOA do about it? They send out emails reminding you what the rules are. That's it. 
Just reminding you what the rules are. So where I'm going with this is, is clearly the HOA's fault that my dog got away and was chasing a fox. So my bad and my ugly basically comes down to the HOA. And I just want to make sure America knows that. If the HOA were running a prison, it would be very interesting. <laughs> In the middle of a riot, told people, guys, we told you guys not to riot. <laughs> Strongly worded email. Yeah. High importance. <laughs> <laughs> Except the, uh, the urgency. Uh. <laughs> Defund the HOA. They're not going to do their job. Defund them. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, T-shirt that we can make. It'd be very easy. That's a that's going to be a bestseller. That's probably one of the better ideas we've had. You can put the Dad Life logo, the same one that we have on our strip. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'll get to why I'm not making a lot of sense right now in a second. But what is what does the shirt say? It's not a vacation; it's a trip. I'm yeah, no vacations, just trips. Thank you. Sleep deprived. Get put the little dad life logo on there, and then on the back, it just says "defund the HOA" in big letters, like as if it's like the name of your team or like your like like, like the like locker room style with like your defund the HOA in massive letters. We can sell them in a variety of different colors. We can do them in the, in the, in the, what is it? Casual comforts. What's the name of the shirt that I'm literally wearing? Comfort colors. <laughs> the comfort colors variety for the, for the, for the chunkier few that are out there. So good, bad, and the ugly. Speaking of dog, uh, before this podcast, I think we covered this last week. If you're listening last week, before this podcast kicked off, I had a dog for 15. Or so years, a little less actually, but um, from college all the way up through uh, what I'll call my adult life now, where I'm very mature and responsible, and, um, show up to a podcast for four years in a row uh, as of tonight. So, uh, so in case you're wondering, yes, this is actually the fourth year anniversary. It's always on Morgan's birthday. Not sure how that happened, but happy birthday, Morgan, and happy birthday to the podcast. Pretty crazy. Thank you. Yeah, man. Pretty crazy to have two uh, dads on a podcast and now I've made over a week uh, with everything else going on and all going on in the background and everything else that we're trying to make work. We're actually recording on, on a different night than we normally would tonight, too. So it just is what it is. But uh, here down at Guys Weekend, one of the guys down there said um, that we were talking to. Okay. You guys have some. You good, Morgan? What's that? You good? Yeah. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the guys down there basically said, like, you guys uh, have like a special uh, relationship, and he was looking from the outside in and like telling us that. So, I guess if nothing else, uh, maybe that's reflected in this podcast. However. That's not my good. My good is very simple. My good is uh, since Friday of last week, I now have a new dog in the uh, in the picture. This will be my second puppy. Um, years ago, so in a minute, and uh, I forgot because 
Um, I didn't know when I was a freshman in college and raising a puppy, I just felt overwhelmed. I didn't realize now that I have so many friends that are dads and raising kids and stuff like that, that basically raising a puppy is raising a child. Um, <laughs> I'm not comparing it to a baby. Obviously a baby can grow up and learn to talk back to you and everything else. And uh, a puppy you can absolutely put in a kennel to a point, but um, uh, it's been a lot of work. And I think uh, knock on wood, which I'm literally sitting at a wood desk, uh, we have had it relatively easy and our puppy seems to be, Dustin, I'll use your term, advanced, uh, relatively advanced. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm happy about that. And that's my good of this week. Um, he's given me uh, uh, and my wife uh, six hours a night since we got him. And I think we're on night five. So now I'm guaranteed to uh, have ruined that. And if you don't hear me at the end of this podcast, it's because I now have a curfew for the first time um, in 20 years or 22 years or whatever it's been. Um, so, uh, and that's because my, uh, <clears throat> the baby um, uh, sleeps apparently in our room. And uh, once the baby goes to sleep, apparently um, all life stops. So <laughs> I have a couple choices, one of which is the couch and one of which is a wood floor. So, uh, if you don't hear me at the end of this podcast, that's why. Uh, my bad is very simple. This is also on brand. Um, thought about making it my ugly. Thought that that might have been in bad taste. But uh, my bad is very simple. When we called to talk about the puppy with said uh, my wife's grandmother, who is very elderly and doing very well for her age and is, is awesome. Actually went down and saw them last year. Really enjoy hanging out with them. But I have a bone to pick with her. I believe she's in her mid nineties. So I don't even know if this is the last birthday that she's going to have. I hope it's not. Um, but obviously it's important to check in with those. I don't have my grandparents anymore. And so, so I can understand the significance of checking in with your grandparents, especially on the birthday when it was, uh, you know, we'd done FaceTiming the puppy and we asked her what she was going to do with the red remainder of her birthday. Um, she told us she was going to go to Chick-fil-A. Woo. Now, when you <laughs> on this earth for 94, 95, I don't know. She may not be that old. I think she might be. I obviously didn't listen. I just heard Chick-fil-A and turned, just walked, got up and walked out of the room. And uh, I just, I don't understand how you can live on this earth that, that long. She does live in Florida, so I'll, I'll cut her some slack. I know those people down in Florida are a little weird. We've, we've covered that enough on this podcast. But uh, I'm just saying, when you lived here on this earth that long, Potentially, potentially, and I hope this is not the case. The last birthday meal you could have is Chick-fil-A. Come on. That's like going over Friday's. That's a Friday's in Miami experience. Come on, Grant. I know you can do better. So this woman is a woman after my own heart, by the way. This woman pours herself a glass of scotch every day at 5 p.m. I love going to visit her. She doesn't judge. <laughs> <laughs> So just in case you guys think we, uh, I have a bone to pick with her. She also told my wife that the greatest thing she's ever done is go to the Masters. And I turned and looked at my wife and said, oh, so the greatest thing your grandmother's ever done is go to the Masters. So I guess that means we'll be going to the Masters. So <laughs> got two good things going for me there. So, um, ugly is very simple. Uh, I live in a very nice neighborhood. And apparently the power company, or what is it? I guess they're not the power company. What are they? The uh, the electric company, 
Monetary charges too much and uh, monopoly, and they already sold their company, and all of a sudden prices went up forty percent. And we get to pay. They just either uh, remember when they turned the power off a while ago. It was a great way to meet all our neighbors. But um, so, anyways, they're doing a pretty piss poor job. They showed up today in our recently manicured. Uh, speaking of HOA lawns and uh, a recently paved road that we had to sue the damn county to get fixed. And uh, they decided to do their little stupid graffiti all over the place where they'd have to draw out all the power lines because who's heard of a drawing set nowadays? No, you just spray the shit on the ground. So, you know, save my comments because I've been told that I don't tolerate dumb people very well. But I do work in construction, and I will say that if you have to draw on the ground to tell doofus where not to dig, then, you know, you have to cover an entire neighborhood with all sorts of different colors. By the way, they, they sprawl the ropes on the ground, too. So I'm taking my puppy outside, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, look, some spray paint. Oh, let's see what Doofus 1 wrote for Doofus 2 so that they couldn't remember it after they had too many fucking Budweiser's the night before. I don't know. You think we're supposed to dig here? I don't know. Follow the orange line. So it's annoying. You have to look out the window. It looks like a fucking football field out there. It's so stupid. So thank you guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the hard work that we just paid so you guys can show up and draw your doofus lines everywhere. Don't even know what they're doing yet. I'm sure they'll we'll, we'll get a nicely worded email from the HOA telling us our power's out for fucking three days because Biff and Bim couldn't figure out how to fucking turn a switch correctly. <laughs> Could I sound any more like an elitist fuck? No. <laughs> Anti-Chick-fil-A, and then you went on that tirade. I, that's why we let you do it. And you know what? And then later he's going to talk about Carolina football. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that, le- <laughs> that leaves me. I've got a great and hilarious, to me at least, um, first, the great is a hell of a recruiting weekend over the last really last two weeks for the Wolfpack. Jonathan Taylor, big time receiver out of North Carolina, picked NC State over Penn State and Maryland and North Carolina and South Carolina. And then that was followed up with Terrell Anderson, another uh, highly recruited uh, receiver out of the state of North Carolina, also picked NC State. And then to make matters even better. We flipped the kid from Carolina who was a uh, an edge rusher or and or a tight end, depending on uh, where you want him to go, Gus Ritchie. And uh, it's always great when you – you know, it happens in both ways. They flip some of ours, we flip some of theirs, but this time we were on the, uh, the winning side of it. But then this gets to my hilarious. Carolina fans on social media especially have to go through a lot of mental gymnastics to understand – why they they uh to make themselves feel better about having a kid flip from North Carolina to North Carolina State. So the latest uh conspiracy theory from the tinfoil hat Tar Heel Club on social media is none other than this was uh planned all along. Dave Doran told Gus Ritchie to go commit to Carolina initially and then flip over to NC State uh two weeks later. Because otherwise, it doesn't make any sense why anybody would possibly rather play in Raleigh for Dave Doran over Grandpa Mac uh, watching reruns of Matlock. It just doesn't make sense. 
If you're a talented kid and you want to go to NC State and play for Doran, it had to have been a setup all along, just an attempt to make uh, Carolina or make Carolina look bad. Then other Carolina fans jumped in the Twitter thread and were like, yeah, this makes sense with that crowd. They'll do anything to try to make us look bad. And I'm just like, right now you're all making yourselves look bad because that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but that I found that hilarious because anytime Carolina gets beat for a recruit, there's something shady and or they backed off. And that's the only reason any kid would not want to go play in Chapel Hill. It's not because they just lost a recruiting battle. Because of the Adidas bags y'all dropped. <laughs> We're talking about the Jordan brand here. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure they got plenty of money. They're, they're dropping everywhere. <laughs> hey, NIL is legal now. All right. They'll, they'll all be okay. Give it another year or two when UNC is dominating like – like they used to in basketball, like from top to bottom and appearing, you know, and final four in the tournament. And they'll forget all about football. That or if they, <laughs> if they continue to have another bad season, the donors are going, okay, time to, time to funnel all the money out of the football back to basketball. <laughs> I think I'm insulated from a lot of this stuff. Cause I'm, I'm hardly, as you know, ever on Twitter. Like <laughs> I, I don't, I don't and, understand this. Hey, this. You're a few people I actually trust and believe in, in, in being a true Carolina football fan. It, so when I when I talk shit, it, it's not that I'm talking shit to, to you. Oh, it's just you. to your people. Because <laughs> that's how I mean it. <laughs> it's like 95%. Let's just go 99.9% of the average Carolina football fan who is not a – real football fan all of a sudden they wake up one morning and go oh my god we're ranked we know all about football we're better than you we're, we're alabama we're clemson like uh no no you just you're in that that small window where you're good for a little bit the bad times are coming again don't worry <laughs> it's like i've always said about any fan base this isn't unique to nc state or unique to unc if you it used to be just the message boards that you had your crazies on. And then even on the message boards, there was a kind of hierarchy where you sorted out the crazies from the normal. But Twitter specifically, but social media in general, have emboldened the the crazies to where they find other crazies and they insulate themselves <laughs> with nonsense. And then other fan bases, and I'm I'm guilty of this just for rivalry purposes, but they they make the indictment that the entire fan base is full of people like this. But if you actually go outside and touch grass and you talk to people from the other fan bases, most people, while very uh, fervent in their their uh, fanhood, are they're not quite that crazy where it's crazy conspiracies all the time. <laughs> but if you go on Twitter, oh yeah, that's exactly it's a cesspool, and then sometimes it's highly entertaining. <laughs> My lunch breaks sometimes are just spent looking at some of the comment sections on Twitter. I'm like, man, and <laughs> hilarious. Like, you could make, make a TV show out of this. You really could. <laughs> we should yeah, do. It. We should do a get off my lawn segment about how, how back back in the day when uh, message boards like Pack Pride and Inside Carolina like the greatest <laughs> thing ever, and people will look at us. That new, it's like saying like AOL dial-up is the best thing ever. People look at us and be like, "Are you are you freaking serious?" And I'll just be like, "Exhibit A, Twitter." <laughs> yep.
I still love to go and pack pride every now and then. And then I'll mosey on over to inside Carolina when something bad happens to the Tar Heels because every fan is susceptible to meltdowns on the message boards after a bad loss or a lost recruiting battle. And it's hilarious to watch. It happens on, I used to call pack pride crack ride and it can be that way sometimes, but uh, I'm, I've been hooked on it since I was in uh, high school. It was definitely entertaining for any oh, yeah. fan. All we're all all of our teams are guilty of that shit. <laughs> I'm very much a message board fan. I at football season, I'm reading thirty pages of the post game thread. <laughs> it's it's a lot of interesting stuff. <laughs> Dustin and Morgan are like, <laughs> and you can tell he doesn't have children. Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm for that. I was going to ask when you had time to do that when you were carousing Goodfellas for women and shots and everything else. <laughs> the fans that get the really entertaining and amusing ones are the ones that are like, what's his face? Patton Oswald from the movie The Fan or the the whatever. He was a New York Giants fan. Yeah. And calling, he called into the radio station after every game with like a laundry list on a notepad of things to talk about. Yeah, yeah. script. Yeah. yeah. Those people are. Yeah, they're, they're entertaining. I want to talk about the offensive tackle play. All right, well, hold on, buckle up. He's talking again. <laughs> yeah. All right, so before we jump into our uh, ACC football preview, um, let's. I want to get everybody's like short, quick take on this because it is miserable and reckless anniversary. Um, we've been doing this for quite a few years now. So, if it, what do you guys think? Here we are. Did you think we'd make it this far? Any thoughts on the podcast? Oh, I knew we'd make it this far because we're miserable and reckless and have nothing else to do. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, still no sponsors. That's my biggest disappointment. Yeah. So you know that Bojan. and I yeah, it. I know. Yeah, I know. I like talk bad about Bojangles, but you think Popeyes might come to my defense or something? I don't know. <laughs> Got to be active on social media, which rules three of four of us out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although it sounds like Morgan might be getting into Twitter again. So. <laughs> Morgan should start tweeting at. You should just start tweeting at corporations. <laughs> Give us money. <laughs> just start tweeting pictures of your of your yard to like John Deere and ask him to sponsor our podcast. <laughs> if people like to Charlie Day, it's always sign up for when he, when he was up there with his mom who had cancer. Like, I need money. Give give me money. Money need now. More more and more money. Money. <laughs> I wonder. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't. Maybe it would embolden us to like say more. I honestly don't know what we would do. I mean, I guess Logan, you would, you would what, what, like read the little prompt that they want us to say, and we could find ways to work it in. And I mean, Dale Jr. has a podcast, and 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 he he will work in. I think it's ZipRecruiter. They've screwed up like seventeen times saying ZipRecruiter. They can't say it with their North Carolina accents to save their life. <laughs> And so, like, they ended up saying the name like 45 times. And one time it was Zipper Recruiter, which is. 
I mean, and it was like, they're like, we, we don't, we don't mess this. I mean, if you, if you've ever heard Daryl Jr. talk, it's like, we, we don't mess this up. They're never going to have us back. And like the next week they like doubled down and they're like, that was the greatest publicity you ever could have given us. <laughs> it's like, I, if, I guess if those people can get sponsors. Cause I've heard his podcast for if, if they can get sponsors, I don't see why we can't. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, there's two different ways to do it because we have a very, very, and I emphasize very low level sponsorship with Spotify on country and Coke cans. And we have to record that ahead of time, send yeah. it to them for approval at the beginning of the month. Then they approve it. They don't just let us talk with them, mention their name on there. And then we have to place the ad in there on the back end. Now the flip side, Jordan has gotten us to affiliate sponsorships, meaning we don't get payments out until they use our code with two gambling sites. We have to read those at the top of the show and read our, our, uh, our code on that. And to Jordan's credit, we've actually made like 200 bucks in the last couple of weeks on that because we get like a $50 payout every time somebody uses our code to sign up. But there's multiple ways to different multiple ways to skin a cat on that. But the bigger companies like Spotify, yeah, they ain't going to let us just read that and, and ad lib. We have to get that shit approved. <laughs> until you get too big that they can't ignore you yeah. maybe maybe if we keep it this for another 10 years we'll get there why don't we organize a trip this is what it, it's a sponsorship activity okay this will help out our 401k so that's how you can sell it to your wife I think the four of us should go to Wrightsville Beach and we should go and we should recruit businesses that we know that we appreciate their business. We they would probably appreciate having their business put on our podcast. I think that that's a natural way to start, and the best way to do it is to have a four day weekend. We'll bring the dogs, and uh, and 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 we can and we can go down to Rexport Beach. I'm thinking maybe Gary Allen's, maybe like a Waterman's Brewing or uh, Dockside. I'm sure Dockside. They're 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 more than happy to get the word out. Even though so, know, we're even willing to start on an entry level, just discounts. It doesn't even have to be necessarily payout, but just discounts on a tab. And that'll right. be like the, the how we get into <laughs> the, the it'll be basically free advertising. We could even go for some of the, the midtown businesses like like Rackham's Pool Hall. <laughs> <laughs> we want a cheap style beer and cigarettes and stained carpet. Come on by to Rackham's where the locals of the locals and only locals go. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't go to Blue Post, I I would love it if we were to do that because, uh, well, primarily the trip would be fun. But two, um, I I rarely use Pandora, but every now and then I'll have to turn it on. And uh, I had it on this week, and I still have my zip code as two eight four zero three, which is Wilmington for people who who don't know. And I get all the Wilmington ads and I love it. I was thinking about like, man, I should change my Spotify zip code. But although like, I think that's billed so they would, I wouldn't be able to get away with that. But still, it, oh, yeah. I love getting all the local ads. Like you get all the stuff from town and I'm just like, yes. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm saving here. My, my Pandora is uh, in the Wilmington zip code. So every so often I'll get like, I'll be sitting there Finkelsteins and downtown Wilmington. Like what? How, how am I, <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah. I had one for like 
oh, man, it was something super random in Mayfair. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta Bread Company, buy one, get one free. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so, well, one serious, one serious thing. If you've stuck with us this long, even on and off, listening to every third episode or whatever, thank you. You stuck with us as long as you stuck with a president. Hopefully, we get four more years. <laughs> <laughs> we have been recording this podcast as long as people are supposed to, unless you're Kenny Pickett playing college. <laughs> we're about through the first term, about to start the second, and we promise you we're going to make podcasting great again, again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should graduate from the podcast at the same time Armando Baycott does. What do you guys think about that? Four years, seven more years. Baycott after ball, and then I'll just be like, me and Armando are taking our talents to the next level. <laughs> it looks like we're going to be playing overseas in Europe. <laughs> or China. <laughs> Those are assholes. <laughs> There's a reason he hasn't graduated yet. <laughs> Just saying. When the There's NIL money. money is better than the contract money, there's there's your sign. <laughs> <laughs> when when Jimmy's Crab Shack or whatever it is pays you better than the NBA, that tells you something. <laughs> hey, Jimmy's has got all the WWE guys on lockdown too. Apparently, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's jump into some ACC football. All right, so first, the best thing we can probably do is like, let's start off with the media poll was released, the traditional uh, media poll, that is. We didn't get our votes because we tell the truth and we look at things objectively, and they just continue the same old narratives as traditional media does and then steal our shit and repurpose it later. We've given countless examples of that, but this is what the preseason – Predicted order of finish from the media has it going. Clemson first. That's a big shocker for anybody following ACC, right? Florida State second. Carolina third. NC State fourth. You say Clemson first? Clemson first. Oh, that's that's so weird. State, NC State fourth. Miami fifth. There's a tie for six with Duke and Pitt. Um, Louisville eighth. Wake Forest ninth. Syracuse tenth. Virginia Tech 11th, Georgia Tech 12th, Boston College 13th, and the Who's from Charlottesville bringing up the rear at 14. <laughs> where's, Notre Dame? where's Notre Dame in the preseason pool for the ACC? Oh, oh they it's, don't, foot, it's football. We're the side check. They, they, they have a different sandbox. Yes. Oh, wait. We don't like to share our NBC money sandbox. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, you should be happy with this preseason poll because of uh, basement dwellers there, Mister Mister Elliott's bunch in in Seville. I'm not too worried about it. It'll be a short visit. <laughs> so before we get into our picks, we've got uh, people. We've got our tiers separated as contenders pretenders and surrenders so best middle bottom respectively um but without giving away your picks yet 
what what are your initial thoughts when you first looked at this preseason poll? Spot on, egregious, somewhere in between. What say you? You know, pretty much. I mean, as much as I hate hate it for Tech, it's kind of spot on. Florida State finished pretty strong, and they've been building that shithole back up for a little while now. And um, <laughs> they, I was expecting them to bounce back at some point. I mean, it is pretty huge university. As much as I hate them, they do. They do know how to, to win at some point. <laughs> this is why we don't get media votes because I would laugh <laughs> into a microphone like at like a media day. And I would be like, also, he's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, quick, quickly looking at this when you sent it the other day, I'm like, eh, not far off from Rio, from what you would expect to start the year. Yes. Just kind of knowing where everybody is, it's not that bad. It's actually a, a decent snapshot, and there's probably there always are going to be some things that are wrong. I would change a couple things, uh, and I know people can't listen to this. So I'll refresh your memory. I would swap. I would swap five and two. No disrespect to Florida State, I don't see it. It doesn't mean that they won't beat us. It doesn't mean that. Uh, 67 people that voted them uh, for the first place vote uh, out of the uh, media here. Um, I'm not saying that they're wrong or that they don't know what they're talking about. I just, I don't see it. I would put Miami, who's number five. I would put them second. For the record, that means I'm putting them behind Clemson. I'm putting them ahead of Carolina and State. The other thing that I would swap, if we're being fancy about it, I didn't know, know we were allowed to do ties, but apparently that's a thing in America. So uh, they had Duke and Pittsburgh tied, and I would have Carolina and State tied. They're about even. I I didn't have any real big issues with this. I'm very weary of uh, how you are about Florida State is how I am about Miami. (laughs) So I think that it's pretty reasonable Miami where they're at if they have a solid year. Um, I do think that Louisville, might. this might prove to be true, they, they maybe are a little bit low. Um, they, I've been saying it on the other podcast for a few weeks now. They're my kind of dark horse team to watch, not to win the conference, but to be pretty good uh, and could maybe take down one or two of the big boys. But fortunate for them when their record, they don't play the two big boys this year. They miss one and two Clemson and Florida State on their schedule. So they may be having an even better record than you think, than, they, than yeah. what their team is just because of that. But overall, you know, I, I don't have any big issues with this. And for for the context for some context on them, we talked about it on this show previously. Jeff Brom went back to Louisville. He's like a native son, ton of history there. He's the he's the new head coach. He got his, I believe, as a transfer, the his quarterback that was at Purdue, right? Transferred to, to Louisville. So he's he's got some familiarity there. And Louisville's got a ton of money and support. They had a good offseason get with transfer portal. It's not crazy to think they're going to have a good year, especially if the schedule lines. I, I've never looked. I have not looked at their schedule once. But if it's an easier schedule, then yeah, go ahead and bump them up. I would agree with that. Where Where was Wake ranked again? Wake is ninth, but I uh, should probably tell you guys too that Wake's uh, one of their best receivers looks like he's potentially out for the year. He just got injured the other day, so they're not only replacing Sam Hartman, but they're also. Uh, one of their best returning receivers because their two top guys are gone this year. Um, 
so they are down a man on the outside as well. I think you got another tie then for the basement. It's potential that weight <laughs> could be dropping down a little bit with that news. And what about Syracuse? Syracuse is a team that is, is lost their stud running back, returned their surprise quarterback, but lost their offensive coordinator that made their quarterback good. So they're a mystery team for me. Yeah. They're no. I'll just say this. They're not UVA bad, but they are, they're bad, bad. bad they're yeah. bottom of the conference bad. Like I, how Dino's still employed in the current realm of college sports, I have no idea. And maybe this is the year that breaks the camel's back. Anybody else wants to go? Maybe um, I don't know. <laughs> I just my two sons. Like, hey, this is the <laughs> director at Syracuse. We want to talk to you about our opening. Oh, oh. Well, that's what happened at Georgia Tech, right? <laughs> they couldn't get anybody, so they just uh, hired the interim guy. I'm sure when that phone, phone call comes, hi, is the ADA at Georgia. Oh, my God, Georgia's calling Tech. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't let me finish Georgia Tech. Click. Be, be like the, a head coach at a successful group of five schools, like, Oh, it's Georgia calling about a special assistant role. <laughs> then they hear Georgia Tech, and they're like, "Oh no, uh, I'm sorry, we're driving through a tunnel." <laughs> this is for head coach. Yeah, I'd rather be an assistant at Vandy. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have a completed stadium yet. Yeah, they're gonna be the best program in America. <laughs> so what if they have to play the first couple weeks of home games at a high school stadium? <laughs> The intensity Friday Night Lights. <laughs> <laughs> Clear eyes, empty stadiums can't lose, but probably will. <laughs> can't can't win. <laughs> I really hope they lose a couple of their games playing on a high school field. That would just be hilarious. <laughs> but it just depends on. I think they play Wake Forest at home, so that would be an interesting. That'll be a good judgment for how good Wake Forest is. If they lose to Vandy, Wake is worse than we thought. I'm gonna say I'm gonna surprise people, but not in the way that y'all think I'm saying. I think that they're gonna shit the bed and let the rankings go to their head and um, be garbage in their half-empty stadium, an hour away from their university. <laughs> <laughs> They got smoke at their entrance, so get that going for you. They <laughs> <laughs> do have Cristobal. The guy can, um, the guy can, uh, and they brought the strength coach over from Oregon too. Um, why is that a big deal? Because that that that's he's considered one of the better ones in the game. I have a feeling. Hopefully, they can. That's a good way to change the culture if you want to bring in something like that. I hear if you uh, bring in like lasagna and better food, that's that's what changed you around. So. Um, you you're just enamored by the marketing of fill the sleeves. You're <laughs> you you feel victim to the marketing of the fill the sleeves stuff. Hey, did they have a couple of number one draft picks? Did they have a good season? Oregon? They went to the BCS, what? Whatever it's called now, CFP. We're they talking were age. We're talking about Pandora ads and the BCS. <laughs> <laughs> Is this it? Damn threat. Chip Kelly was our head coach. 
Mario Cristobal was there for a while. He did a good job. Yeah, but I'm um, like threat, threat, like, you know, oh, hey, man, the Oregon should, the Oregon will definitely be competing for the national championship. That was back when Chip Kelly was the damn head coach. And, and I will say, like, if they we're using the Oregon's last CFP appearance as reasoning, then don't scoff at uh, Florida State's CFP appearance because it was probably like a year or two before. <laughs> Fair. No, they won in 2013. They went to the CFP in the first year of the CFP in 2014. And then fell off a cliff. Wow. But not a huge fan of Florida State. And I'm not trying to be blinded by that, but maybe I am. But I was going to go a little further down the table and say that perhaps, again, I'm being blinded by my bias. But if I'm looking at the back half of the table, I, if Syracuse is a mystery, and we they could potentially lose to Vandy. We're not sure. Question mark. Um, I kind of believe in what Wake does. I think that they get the right guys in the program. Wake reminds me a little bit of Navy, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Wake's going to always compete. They're just going to kind of play their slow mesh offense. They got that brand new quarterback that's coming in. Um, he's got a great name. What is it? Mitch Mitch Griffiths. Mitch Griffiths. Yeah. He, he's um, also not brand new. He's been in the program for how many years? It's not like. So he he's been running the system, even if he's running the system at practice. I could see Wake, and I could see Tech. They have Wake nine, Tech being Virginia Tech eleven. I, I see Tech and Pry being. I just I don't I don't know, man. It's it's something. Maybe I've been hanging around with with the other part of my family too much this summer, but um, I, I just don't see Tech being eleven, and I get why Morgan's going to be cautious. I'm cautious of Carolina at three. I I, uh, I think that their schedule is 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 an interesting schedule for sure, especially the November November half. And it's not like they're um, Carolina itself. It's not like they're uh, coming out the gate with um, without any issues, right? There there's isn't it game day South Carolina, right? And then, I think uh, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like they're not going to have high profile stuff. Second week, I think, is an app. Um, they're not playing Florida State and, and Clemson or uh, or Georgia, but where I'm going with that is I think it's okay to look at your team and be a little bit nauseous about it, especially if you're looking at schedule strength and stuff like that. But as an objective outsider looking in, I would trust over talent that comes to Wake generally, and I would also trust Pry over the over Geno Babers and whatever they're doing up in Syracuse. I just, I just I would, I'll just say this, and I'll leave it at that. They'll be better than they were last year. Yeah. I, when we did our Virginia Tech preview uh, pod, we had two different tech podcast hosts on, and one of them was pretty realistic. The other one was unrealistic as hell, but <clears throat> I, I have Tech improving by two to three games this year over last year, so I have them at hovering around bowl eligibility this year. Where does that, where does that put them on this list, though? Because I have them around, I have basically them at nine. I have them probably around like eight or nine. Yeah. If, if things go really well, seven or eight, if things go a little bit better nine or 10, I have them a little higher than 11. Yeah. I mean, five hundreds that eight, nine. Right? Yeah. Cause you're thinking about bowl births. Like that's how that plays out. Cause I think they're a year away is like, was my whole thing that I kept telling those guys. I, sure. I think you're going to see a lot of improvement this year, but I think they're a year away from winning seven or eight games. I think they finally cleared out the rest of the last regime's uh, 
recruits kept the few that they thought they could mold some. And I think they finally have in their transfer portals and last year's recruits are going to contribute more this year. My biggest uh, question mark I had for Virginia Tech was they won't name a starting quarterback specifically. They're kind of starting with Grant Wells, which doesn't excite anyone. Uh, but the transfer they kid they had come in, they're talking about maybe running some packages for him. And But I'm just a big believer in the old adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you really don't have one. And that's like an area of concern for why I can't be too high on him this year. Uh, but I do think that the backup is better than Grant Wells. I think it, he, there's going to be a QB change uh, midseason. But he's a kid from Baylor. Yeah, yeah the kid from Baylor. He'll be the one finishing the season out. I guarantee you. I think so too. Well, but, Grant Wells sucks. So yes. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Marshall was like, "Yeah, you can have him." <laughs> <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> now, early in the year, Tech travels to Marshall, so that'll be an interesting matchup for Grant Wells. Well, maybe Mom. that'll be the game where they set his ass down. <laughs> Mom is not very happy with you guys. Okay, you're not being very nice to her. I, I doubt she listens to this podcast. I don't <laughs> care if she does. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, get into our contenders, pretenders, surrenders. But we're going to go reverse order and start with surrenders first. Because paraphrase Drake, we're going to start from the bottom, then we'll be here. So, who are the uh, surrenders at the bottom of the conference this year? Uh, I would say give us give us three. Uh, I'll start, with, start with Morgan. VA, Georgia Tech, and Syracuse. And I'll even throw Boston College to round it out. Yeah. Virginia, Boston College, Syracuse. I think that's bottom of the conference. I'm not going to say super different. I'd say I'd have Boston College last. Sorry, uh, Ohio State coach. Forget your name right now. Sleep deprived. Uh, Halfley, last. Ah, fuck. I always forget Georgia Tech's in the conference. We'll lose to Georgia Tech. You can rest assured of that. Uh, they'll be in last place, Georgia Tech, when we lose to them. Uh, so it's Georgia Tech, then it's uh, Boston College, and then I'll have Virginia. I think Tony Ellett may be able to recruit a little better than Halfley. Yeah, I mean, like I said, nothing, a lot of chalk here, but this it's for a reason. It's pretty easy to predict the, the shitty teams. Um, Virginia is the worst, and then it's between BC or Syracuse. I think Georgia Tech's going to be a little bit better this year than they have been, but I don't think they're going to be good. Um, BC could be a little bit better than they were last year, but that ain't saying much. But really, it's it's you know Syracuse, BC, UVA, and Georgia Tech knocking on the door of the basement. All right, so let's go to the uh, pretenders, or as I like to call them, the middle of the pack. Uh, <laughs> Who are the uh, three to four teams in the middle that you think are going to be solid to maybe very good knocking out the door, but not quite in the upper echelon? Duke, Virginia Tech. I like watching Wake better than I like watching Louisville, although I'd rather go to Louisville. More people that potentially watch the sport more than I do, as in the Raiders. But uh, it's doable, so fuck them. I'm going with Blake. Hey, can you guys pause real quick? All right, Dustin, what about you? 
Uh, I mean, yeah, I think Duke's going to be there. Um, I would put Louisville there. And probably Pitt just because that's their history. Narduzzi's a solid seven to nine every year, give or take, guy. So that puts him in the middle. I think within the middle, I separate them into two different classes within the middle. There's the bottom middle and the top middle. Bottom middle, I have Duke Pitt in Miami. Miami with the uh, probably the best chance of the three to to jump up just because of talent. But I think that those guys are definitely like solid. They could beat anybody on any, any given week, but they also could lose to anybody on any given week. Um, I think that Duke's going to take a slight step back this year just because nine wins in year one for Mike Elko was incredible, but the schedule is kind of hard. Uh, so I, I do have them them and Pitt and Miami there. The top middle is between Louisville and NC State. Um, <clears throat> both of them, like the State in particular, if they State? Exceed, Where do you have NC State? What now? I'd have them in yeah. the top. Okay. No, I have them at the top of the middle, meaning like they're probably going to go about eight and four. But if things really are clicking with the new offense, they can maybe slide up into the the top. But I, I have them as being the the probably the one A one B of the middle of the pack. Pun okay. definitely intended. <laughs> um, Sorry, I jumped. In. Go ahead. No, you're good. But I mean, I, and I also am a big believer in Louisville this year. I think Louisville is going to be a very solid, like between four and, and six in finishing in the conference this year. Yeah, I can I can easily see them winning eight eight games, maybe nine games total on the year. Mm-hmm. And who knows? They really strike it hot. Who's to say? But yeah, I that I, I actually buy that. I, I think there's something to that. A lot of these hometown hero stories don't work out very well, so it makes me a little nervous to say that, but I'm buying <laughs> yeah. the hype. Sounds like you're buying the hype on Pitt, too, with Jerkovic coming over from BC. It's it's not – I don't care who's the quarterback of Pitt. It's all about Pat Narduzzi. It's, it, you don't have to have a Heisman quarterback to – I mean, you do to win the ACC at Pitt, but you don't have to win – Seven or eight games. Pat Narduzzi's that's just what he does year in and year out. You think it's different now that he has to play other teams outside of the coastal? I haven't looked at their schedule, so that's a good question. Uh I mean, to Logan's point, Duke gets Clemson, Florida State, and Notre Dame this year. Like all three of them that are supposed to be top tier teams associated with the conference. Yeah. That right there tells you you got very likely three losses as a baseline. And then you're going to play a bunch of close games. Then you got to play NC State, Carolina, and I think Miami. Who is this? And Duke also has to play Wake, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, they do. They play Wake this we, year, too. Yeah, we play all the North Carolina schools. Um, I don't – Wake really doesn't worry me. They're not like the kryptonite. <laughs> but But the rest of them – yeah, it's not uh, yeah. like us going to Winston-Salem. We will no. lose to Wake this year. Mark that down. But it's different. Um, Duke's interaction Wake's different than NC yeah. State's. Yeah, <laughs> we we they rarely win in Raleigh. We rarely win in Winston-Salem. This schedule, this series, almost historically is almost always won by the home team, regardless of talent. But uh, 
Morgan, what do you? Who's your middle of the pack? Three or four? Uh, my middle of the pack. Um, I mean, we're talking about, like you said, you're talking about teams that like could be really great, knocking on the door, being great, going to be above average for the most part, right? Yeah. Um. I'll, just because I'm a tech fan, I'll, I'll put tech at the bottom half of that, like borderline could have a decent season, but probably won't. Um, Duke, I think, is going to build on what they did last year and be knocking at the door to be considered like a, a threat to other teams and not just like, oh, we're, we're playing Duke today. I think they're going to, like I said, build on that, what they did last year. Um, Louisville will probably surprise people much as I don't like them. Actually, I, I really don't have any problem with them. I, I come indifferent with them. Um, and then I, I'll leave it at that. All right, let's. Is we don't. There's no need for us to wax poetic about the top too long. But let's go with our contenders. Who is the? Uh, who do you have as the contenders of the conference? Ryan, we'll start with you. If I was a betting man, I'd put um, Clemson, Carolina, and State. Yep. But as I've already said on this podcast that I would move Miami from five to two, I will go with Carolina. Not in this order. Clemson, uh, Carolina, and Miami. I think State's just as good as Carolina. I think State's going to have. I think. I think Brennan is going to be re, re, reunited with his uh, what his offensive coordinator. Yeah, NBA. running the air raid, baby. Let's score some points this year. It'll go along with that defense. Where he had a great season, you can have a great defense, and you got his all. You got offensive weapons for him. And you're going to have an actual stadium and fans that support him and drive fear into the opposing team, unlike Charlottesville, where it's crickets and wine coolers and cheese boards. Um, yeah, he's he's going to thrive at, at NC State, I think. If I was a Virginia fan listening to this, I would be so agitated every time you pointed out that it's wine coolers as opposed to... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of the point. In, ca- in case you haven't caught on and you're a Virginia fan, that's that's part of the poke. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I did, that's why I'm agitated. I'd be like, you know, my dad can afford real wine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dustin, give us your contenders. Then I'll go and we'll close it out with one bowl prediction. It's, it is easy. Offensive new offensive coordinator, Clemson. Yes, sir. New offensive coordinator in NC State. Yes, sir. And then I, bit, I I can't give up on you yet. <laughs> I gotta stay on the train because the year I step off is the year they have a good year. So let's go. Yes, then please stay on it. That way they have a bad year. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's uh, in this order. I think there's Clemson, and literally right below Clemson is Florida State. Uh, you're talking about returning most of the talent from a 10 win team last year. And um, uh, Jordan Travis is arguably the best quarterback in the conference, probably just behind Drake may. And then I think Carolina is nipping at their heels. So 
All right, let's close it out. One bowl prediction. I'm going to go first. My big bowl prediction, I've been telling Jordan this for weeks. Carolina goes 11-1 and one with a loss to Georgia Tech, and Drake May wins the Heisman. I was literally typing that. <laughs> Did you see where it says, I got a jump, fellas, and I'm literally writing my bowl prediction is Drake May wins the Heisman. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a stupid prediction. It's, never, it's not going to happen. That's why it's a bold prediction. You go, oh, shocking to hear a lot of jumps says Drake May who in that. And Armando Baycott earlier, he knows the difference between one and one. That's why it's a bold prediction because we're not going to go 11 and one and he's not going to win the Heisman. It's going to be the what's his nuts out in California. Uh, the uh, USC. There hasn't been a back to back winner since the 70s. The guy who paints his fingernails, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Or as Seinfeld would say, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Can I pick something outside of the conference before I gotta go? Yeah. Is it bold? Is it bold to say that I think Alabama's gonna wax the SEC and that includes Georgia? I think Alabama's been off for long enough. I think it's, I think they're going to, LSU, I know they got Brian Kelly. Florida, you're not, you're, come on. Come on. Sorry. I got a lot of friends that are Gator fans, uh, including coworkers, and, and it's just, it's not there. I don't see it with Ole Miss. Georgia is not, it's really hard to go back to back to back to back to back. Just ask Alabama. Is that a bold prediction to say Alabama is just like lights out? Like, like, it, it probably wasn't until you said they were going to wax Georgia. That's pretty bold. I just I, I could see them going undefeated. I could see Nick Saban being like, "All right, enough of this shit." Yeah, they've been poking I, the bear for the last few seasons. So, yeah, undefeated though is different than waxing Georgia. He's gonna Alabama and Nick Saban are gonna go. Not not the finishing part of it, but. For the most most part, but they're going to go 2007 Patriots on everybody. And yeah, just see two to seven every fucking team they play. Excuse my language. I think I think Nick Saban's mad and he's done. Like I enough's enough. Yeah, in the fourth quarter when they're up 35, I fully expect to see like five man, five man and like running posts down the field. <laughs> I don't know. I just maybe I'm wrong. I just I feel like both him and Belichick, they're really good friends. I feel like they're just pissed off at this point. Like, fuck you. You forgot about me for a while. So quick thing before you have to go. I saw today that Belichick has not allowed his likeness to be used in the Madden game since the early two thousands. So they always have to create a fake coach to put on the New England sideline. And this year they they picked like this fat guy with glasses with a beard that's like a mismatch of like three um, NFL coaches. And the picture was hilarious, but I was dying laughing. I was like, that's the most Bill Belichick thing ever. No, you can't use my likeness for the video game. (laughs) Pay me so that I can put another property in Nantucket. So I can pay for the fuel on my Boston Whaler because I refuse to get a fancy boat because I'm not a fancy man. (laughs) Logan, where's your bowl prediction? Oh, my bowl prediction was Carolina 11 and 1. Drake wins the Heisman. What about you, Dustin? I, just, I don't have a good answer for that, for, for this. I think that's fair about Drake. Um, 
I, I mean, if I want to pick something different, it would. If Duke got nine wins, I think that would be incredibly bold. If they got back to back nine win seasons, that would be nuts. I don't think I, it's going to happen. I think it can. I think I think Carolina's in the in the New Year six, and he, and Drake wins the Heisman. You want me to go down? They have to go because I'm getting yelled at via text message. I, the U nine, maybe ten wins. Oh, you awesome. at ten at you at ten wins would be nuts. That would give it to me. They're gonna give it to me. They're gonna do the U ten. You just hold up two hands and do the <laughs> It looks like the bow winkle. Bowl <laughs> prediction and tech gets back to a bowl game this year and they play Maryland and beat the shit out of them. <laughs> Unlike NC State. <laughs> yeah. See you at the military bowl, Morgan. That's exactly what I was about to say. It'll be at the military bowl and tech will have a payback for Maryland. <laughs> Entire organization into the ground. <laughs> All right. Well, as we always say, there's a uh, link in the description of this podcast that says click here to leave us a voicemail. If you're an ACC guy, I know some of you, the listener are some of you, most of you are not. Let us know. Uh, what you think about this, any bold predictions you have. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Give us five stars, great review, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and check out the website, miserable-reckless.com for block content merch. For this episode of Miserable and Reckless, I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. We'll see you next time.